Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to Football in General. This is Rob Kays. And Trevor Koppel. Trevor, welcome to week five, my friend. We're here in October, the spookiest month of the year. And I tell you what, what things did you find spooky about week four of the NFL? Ooh, ooh, well, the uh, the Broncos came back against the Bears. That was pretty, pretty hey. spooky. <laughs> mm. Spooky. Spooky. Oh, like 0-4 of the yeah. Bears, right? That's That says boo, if I've ever heard one. I've ever heard 0-4 being anything, it's boo, right? Um, you know, it's been a tough start for the Bears, man. Tonight they look a lot better, though. So uh, well, here's the hoping that you don't get uh, run up on by Washington in the second half. They might already be blowing it as we speak. So we'll see. Um, you know, it's interesting to think about a team like Chicago – or New England's, Atlanta, um, just going down the list here, right? Teams that are 0-4, 1-3, Vegas, right? Minnesota. And I'm leaving out a couple other 1-3 teams, but um, just because it, we didn't think they would even get to the dance, and realistically there's no point in like talking about them. So um, at this point, your analysis, Trevor, at this point, if you're 0-4 or 1-3, as a fan, or even just an NFL, you know, let's say GM, coach, owner, which you all have been in the past, what, like, how do, how do you have any sort of hope, or like, what is your, what is your, like, your baseline on um, just your team at this point? Given, well, and granted, you're one in three, actually, Minnesota. So, yeah, what is your baseline yeah, so, feelings? So it's interesting. I, you, you tell me if it's, if it's my bias that makes me come to these conclusions uh because i feel like the minnesota vikings are kind of like the team that doesn't belong um they they lost some close games to some good teams and then they won a close game against a bad team uh to go one and three and uh not a lot of hope for them this week uh hosting the chiefs but um but you know i i I do and and also with with the vikings uh we we have a a second-year head coach and a second-year GM that uh, that we're still pretty excited about. Uh, uh, there's there's not a lot of, you know, no one's no one's calling for heads to roll in Minnesota just yet. But uh, but if you're a team like the Broncos or the Raiders, um, man, you are uh, you're ready to fire somebody. I, I, even the Giants, I'm hearing they're, they're not calling for uh, Dabble's job. But uh, their uh, oh, like their defensive coordinator, I think, is on the chopping block. Um, uh, but yeah, t- specifically the Broncos, man, they they threw everything they had to get Russell Wilson and Sean Payton, and they have you know fairly recent changeover in ownership, and. It's it's just not translating to more wins, and right now they're on pace for maybe the worst season they've had since <clears throat> the Super Bowl win with uh, with Peyton Manning. So it's just looking really bad for some of the teams that are struggling early in the season. No question, um, being one of those teams that's one and three right now. I'm not saying I'm part of the team or I'm the reason they're one and three, but. New England's man. I mean, what can you say? Every every one in three team that's expected to be decent or good or Minnesota sort of like an aberration last year in a lot of ways. 
But let's just say we thought them to be competitive. They all have a bad loss on their schedule, including Denver, who's 1-3 as well. Um, 70-20 to Miami. We have 38-3. I don't know who you guys lost to. That was kind of substantial. Probably, what, probably that Philadelphia game. Even if he came back, it was still kind of ugly. It was pretty right. ugly, and and that's that's bit so that's probably the hardest one for a Vikings fan this year because, uh, you know the the Eagles have really had our number ever since the NFC Championship with uh, Case Keenum, where we just got destroyed uh, at the end of what looked like a real Cinderella season for us. We just got just got beaten up and down the field in Philadelphia, and. Every time we've played the Eagles since then, it's it's been a similar story. This is probably our best game against the Eagles since then, and it still wasn't very good. Um, so, so as a fan, you do want to see yourself play uh, that team better. Every every team has that team, whether it's in your division or not, that you have a hard time with uh, in recent history. And for the Vikings, that is the Eagles. Yeah, no question. Um, but uh, going back to the point here, right? So um, it's just, you know, to be honest with you, man, it's basically the way I look at it, how do you stay hopeful? I mean, let's be honest. Um, the way the NFL is sort of constructed right now, I mean, they don't practice law in August. They don't get a lot of reps. Um, you're hoping, and, and maybe it's true, but you're hoping, right, that this is just sort of an extension of preseason and they're going to figure out after October. And they sneak in somehow. Um, and to be honest with you, in the case of New England, and maybe this is still the same with Minnesota, uh, I didn't expect them to even go one and three. <laughs> I, I didn't. Maybe two. I mean, I wanted two and two. They went one and three. That's about what I expected. Didn't want them to lose to Dallas as bad, but that's what happened. And because of that, um, you know, one and three against four of the best teams in the league. When New York, when they had Aaron Rodgers, you could throw them up there. But Dallas, Miami, and Philly played two of those teams really close. You know, game. It, this I hate to say this, but um, and I don't know how you feel about it, about this phrase, but what do they say? Um, it's sort of like, not the glass is half full here, but um, what, what am I looking for? It's like, you know, um, when you lose, but it was like sort of not as, like, it's like, okay, well, we can take something from that, right? Oh, you're talking what's, about a moral victory. Like a moral victory. There we yeah. go. Yes. Yeah, we almost said at the same time. Yeah. So it's, um, that's kind of where we're at. If you can get through the first month with that insight and you're a fan and you can say, well, we have moral victories and moral sort of like lessons, then I think you're, I think you're going to be okay. Cause some of these teams have better talent than what they've, they played as. And uh, certainly with new England, like their head coach and in Minnesota, the Justin Jefferson, Kirk cousins. I mean, you know, do you know uh, Hunter? It's, so, uh, it's very strange. Some of these one and three teams, it's like they're still, uh, they're still. It, it feels like week one, you know, where the team is sort of figuring itself out. Minnesota got its first win of the season last last uh, Sunday, and it was Kirk Cousins' first bad game. It was the uh, Minnesota Vikings' first good defensive game, and, and right now, as I watch Thursday night football. I uh, I see Justin Fields having his first fantasy relevant performance uh, sitting on my bench this week. Thank you very much. Um, so uh, so yeah, it, it's it's like uh, the identity on on these one and three teams, zero and four teams are still uh, still up in the air, still waiting for that coin to fall. Yeah, no question. 
And that's kind of what I'm saying because in the preseason, like what it used to be was that you had momentum going into the regular season. In those first few weeks or month, you were sort of like developing that identity or you, you created it or if it was like very like it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't as flexible as it is now in terms of like, eh, you might get there by week eight. <laughs> but by then you might be like two and six, you know, and so that's what happened to Detroit last year, you know. Um, and then maybe the next season you sort of like carry that momentum over. Granted, if everybody stays healthy and you can sign people in free agency and have a good draft and, you know, it's so it's this is what it is now, man. This, oh, yeah. is, this is kind of what it is with the regular season. So before we get to, uh, you know, the, the segment we all love, um, I have to ask you, granted, given the insight and just the acceptance of this is what it is, does it make you, like, how does it sit with you as a football fan? I mean, there, it, it doesn't really deter me as a, as a fan of the league. Um, I, I, I think it's fun. Um, it definitely makes, you know, if you're in a pickums right now, uh, it's, uh, it's a little more challenging, uh, because you're still trying to figure out like, like who are the bears, who are the Vikings, uh, who are the Broncos? Um, but, uh, but if you're one of these really dialed in, and I can be both sometimes. When you're a really dialed-in fan of just the one team, uh, it, it is, in a word, frustrating uh, to see to see your team struggle to really show any kind of consistency. Whether we're talking offense, defense, uh, you know, I, I saw a t- statistic earlier today: uh, the Minnesota Vikings have not had rushing yards after contact yet this season. Let that sink in. Zero hmm. rushing yards after contact after four games. I mean, it does. I mean, it's, it's just strange. Uh, and, uh, you, know, I, you know, a lot of people are, uh, you know, second-guessing letting go Dalvin Cook. I, I don't exactly feel that way. Um, but it's, it's just like, you know, what, what is the Minnesota backfield? What's the identity there? We, we really don't have one right now. Uh, Alexander Madison not running like we've seen him run in the past. Uh, you know, we, we had, uh, you know, we had an O-line that we'd been building for, uh, for the last four seasons. It was getting better every year. And now we've, we've got a, a run game that really feels <laughs> dead in the water and no real explanation as to why watching the games, you can't even figure it out. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's strange, but you know, that's, that's one of the things we love about this league is, uh, you never have it figured out, especially going into the season. The best you can hope for is, is to be able to look back on a season at the end and say, I understand it. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's it's entertaining. So yeah, that's my takeaway. It's still very entertaining. Well, uh, you know, Trevor, you're always good for a hot take. You know, you know that. <laughs> God forbid you say anything controversial. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, moving on to the controversy this week, and there's some. There is some. Okay. I'll just tell you what, Trevor. If it was me, and the hottest thing on the stove was something I've been whisking up for a minute. There would be a lot of takes in that uh, thick, well, uh, gelatinous 
liquid, if you know Viscous. what I mean. This, yes. And so, but that being said, I'm going to start off our, our favorite fantasy football waiver wire segment with Zach Wilson, who's rostered in 10% of leagues. He's going against Denver this week, who's allowed 33.1 fantasy points per game against starting quarterbacks. 32nd in FPA, Zach Wilson, who lit up Kansas City last week. Zach Wilson, who almost threw three touchdowns against Kansas City. Zach Wilson, who most likely will come after either your mom or grandmother following the game. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, look, man, it's, this is a push. If I've ever had one. However, I think if you can start anybody in fantasy this week at quarterback in a deep league, or if you have a bye week with like Geno Smith, a few of the other players, we're going to talk about Baker Mayfield. I don't know why you'd be starting him, but that is what it is. Um, uh, Zach Wilson would be it. Rostered in ten percent of leagues, going against Denver this week. At, I mean, on the on the road, so caution, obviously. Uh, but then maybe he's getting fig- maybe he's getting figured out. He got thrown into the fray. We'll talk more about it in a bit. But same game, different team. Jaleel McLaughlin. Not sure what they're saying in Denver about this kid. Rostered in five percent of leagues, going against New York Jets, twenty second in FPA. Um, had a really really like standout game last week. He'll share some touches with my JP Ryan. That won't change his number one running back status in Denver. Five uh, percent of leagues he's rostered in in a running offense for Denver. Uh, RB two, maybe a flex. Jaleel McLaughlin, rookie, right? Pretty good offensive line in Denver. Don't know why Russell Wilson has been sacked so much there, but Garrett Bowles is really good. Mike, Mike McGlinchey, they got a good center. I think, man, he's got a big role headed his way, and he's got good hands. Four catches, 25 yards, 90, 92 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. He's kind of like a like the Deion Jackson last year for the Colts. Mm. Um, big fan of Julio McLaughlin. Well, and you got to think that uh, Sean Payton is going to uh, lean into anything that's working right now, so I, I like that one. Yeah, play action fake. Especially a lot of RPO. I think they're going to run this week against New York just to kind of like it's a very aggressive defense. Um, they're going to have to throw them off on their toes a little bit here. Speaking of toes, man, this is a guy that I don't think came out of nowhere, but Michael Wilson for Arizona, 14 catches on 16 targets, 237, two touchdowns this year, averaging 13 fantasy points per game, top 25 receiver in fantasy, hasn't been picked up. Um, probably, probably. Because Marquise Brown, I mean, obviously is the wide receiver one up there, but I can't figure out if he's playing the slot. But he's been really productive. He's a rookie, rostered in six percent of leagues, fourteenth in FPA is Cincinnati. Uh, I, I assume Cincinnati will probably get a get right this week, and Arizona's going to throw the ball a lot. I, dude, I said Josh Dobbs last week. You didn't hear it because there was no audio for it. But I'll say it again. I'll say Josh Dobbs as well is a good pickup. He's, he's top 10 in FPA, or top 10 in fantasy points, and he's going against uh, Cincinnati, who's one of the bottom in terms of FPA for quarterbacks, so I didn't get a chance to mention him. But Josh Dobbs, man, love Josh Dobbs. I, I think Josh Dobbs would be an excellent like bye week fantasy pickup. And finally, um, I like, this hurts me to say, this player, because I had such high hopes for him going to New England from Tennessee a couple years ago. Janu Smith. A a Janu Smith sighting has been sound. Don't worry. You know, there's no alarms. If you hear alarms, you can go ahead and turn them off. It's Janu Smith. It's just Janu Smith. Don't worry. 41 and a half over under for Atlanta and Houston. I'm not sure what direction it's going to head in, but 18th in FPA is Houston. Um, Janu Smith. 
playing what we hoped Kyle Pitts would look like, maybe a little bit better. Five catches, 95 yards last week against Jacksonville. Good, good secondary. Um, I don't, and in London, like I think he might be worth adding. Keep an eye on Janu Smith. So, and keep an eye on this week in football. Trevor, are you ready? It is week five. This this season's going by as quick as uh, well. Let's be honest here, as quick as any segment that brings all the hot takes in the play with Zach Wilson, baby. This is the New Orleans Saints at another new, the New England Patriots. It's an even line over under 39.5. You might be saying, Rob, we know your format. You bring up all the good games first. Why did you pick this game? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, over under 39.5 sounds awful. It will be. Um Dude, two offenses that are basically in the same position and two defenses that are in the same position. And somehow New Orleans has two wins. So here we are. Probably going to be the worst game you'll watch over the weekend. But that's why we're talking about it first. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you know, I, I uh, you know, last week I really thought uh, the Saints had an edge playing at home and uh, was not to be. They, uh, they fall back to 500. Um, yeah, and I mean they're two and two, but they kind of fit the mold we were talking about earlier, where it's like, what is the real identity there? Uh, I like the way Derek Carr is playing, but uh, the defense is hot and cold um, on the road in New England. It's gonna be. T- I, I understand the even line. This is a real tough one to call. It really is. Uh, so I like I like what Vegas does here uh, with the even line. Um, I do think I'm gonna take the under. And, uh, gosh, the Patriots, uh, are, are, uh, what is his name? Is it, uh, who, who'd they just get back? Cornerback from, uh, JC Jackson, JC Jackson. Thank you. Is he going to be, do you know, is he going to play? Yeah. He's, he's familiar with the system. He'll play. Okay. So I I like that. That to me is the X factor. That's the one that's going to tip the scales. Uh, I like the, uh, the Patriots to play some really, uh, you know, you know, with a real spring in their step on defense, uh, with him back at cornerback, um, and man, he just he just got a I think a seven point seven million dollar bonus. Uh, to, well, they had uh, to pay him to, to make his... to make it all work out. So uh, yeah. you know, if I'm J.C. Jackson, I'm I'm going out there ready to just you know show that I still got it, that I'm still the player I was, because uh, he really hasn't done much since since leaving the Patriots. Um, so back with the Patriots, uh, that's, that's where I'm, there's just not a lot to point at to, to tip the scale one way or the other. That's what I'm going with. So I'm going to take the Patriots to win a low scoring game at home. Well, there's no question. It'll be low scoring in either direction. 13 catches or 33 yards for Alvin Kamara last week. Um, oh, which is also a record by the way, um, two and a half that, yards per catch. Yeah. That is the least amount of yards by far. Uh, for somebody with that many catches in a game, like like the next lowest is like seventy yards. Um, it's yeah. just crazy. Derek Carr's Derek Carr is who we thought he was. Is <laughs> he, he just is? We 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 said he was a sidestep cannon into the season. I don't know how many people listen, but this is where we're at with him. Um, yeah, I mean, I you know I, I don't know anymore with New England. So their offense is bad. So I. You know, hopefully this is a get-right game for them. New Orleans is a good defense. If you're playing defenses, this might be one for fantasy. So, moving on. <laughs> Over it, right? 
Um, this is an intriguing game for me, man. I'm not sure why I want to watch this because I feel like it could be New England, New Orleans territory somehow. But Anthony Richardson is very intriguing to me, and it's Tennessee at the Indianapolis Colts. It's two and a half point favorite. Tennessee over under 43. This is a guy that came back 23 to three last week, got into overtime, and only because Los Angeles had the ball first that they won. But he threw a couple passes that were just absolute dimes, and going against Tennessee this week, like. I don't know. No, I like I, Anthony Richardson a lot. I like this one. Uh, I, I always like the division matchups. Um, I'm taking the Colts to upset at home. It's a two and a half point to the Titans, which is, you know, and, and you know, uh, everybody listens to the podcast knows that I think anything a three point spread or less is almost, you know, in my books practically an even spread. I'm taking the Colts uh, in a technical upset, not much of an upset here. But uh, I like the Colts to win this, and I'm going to take the over on the 43-and-a-half. I think these offenses get a little going. And, uh, and like you said, that, that uh, kid Richardson, he's, uh, he's starting to show us something. Uh, it could be uh, you know, a sign of, of much more to come this season. Um, and not to sound like a broken record, but a lot of these teams, they're still finding out who they are this year. And, uh, yeah, I got a good feeling about the Colts at home this week. Fifth in FPA, uh, fifth lowest in FPA against quarterbacks is Indianapolis. Not a great secondary dude, so kind of a sneaky start for Ryan Tannehill here. Almost kind of like a get-right game for him. Two touchdowns, four interceptions. Arguably one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. <laughs> and yet, Tennessee's 2-2. Two and two. It is crazy to think about, but that's what he is. Um, and I don't hate him as a bi-week replacement. I, I just think that, like, we talk about the offense is getting going. This is kind of one I kind of point to as like I could see Tannehill kind of getting off and you know we got like what's his name not Johan Dotson try Traylon Burks you know you get a little bit of uh uh Wuzier, the guy we mentioned in the preseason I, that's not his it's a gun a Gunzier. I can't remember his last name but nonetheless the tight end from Tennessee we mentioned in the offseason Derrick Henry looked a little bit better he threw a touchdown last week by the way against Cincinnati oh, wow. so pretty crazy <laughs> yeah he did yeah big fantasy game Oh, man, man, oh, man. I heard a press conference about this game uh, this morning when I was at the gym. It's the Baltimore Ravens at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Four-and-a-half-point favorite at Baltimore, over under 38. I think it's interesting because Mark Andrews said, uh, if you're a football fan, this is the best rival- rivalry in sports. That's what he said. Um, and there was a few other remarks he mentioned. But, uh, you know, you almost can't argue with it. it. It's always very competitive. The last 30 matchups, Pittsburgh 16 wins, Baltimore 14. It's a, it's it's got to be one of the best in sports, just based on statistics alone. Oh, it is. So it is. We, yeah. So this AFC one, North, baby. Uh, I do uh, I do agree with uh, Vegas here. I give an edge to Baltimore in this game. I think they're just playing a little bit a uh, little bit more predictably well right now. A uh, little more uh, solid offense, things that they can rely on. Um, not to sleep on the Steelers, though. The Steelers are playing good football. They they have a lot of weapons on defense. Um, so this this may came, you know, it, it might just be who has the bigger game, T.J. Watt or Lamar Jackson. Uh, but right now I'm leaning towards Baltimore. Four-and-a-half point spread. I'm going to take Baltimore to win with a late touchdown. Uh, I think this is going to be a close game, but end of the day, I like Baltimore to win by seven. And 
I like that 38 point over under. I'm going to take the over here. Um, I, I think uh, I think they might be sleeping a little bit on what the Steelers can get done against the Baltimore defense. Um, but man, the Baltimore defense uh, that that acquisition last year uh, was it uh, Roquan Smith they got from the Bears. Um, I think that uh, that's really working out for them, and uh, they're starting to look complete. The Ravens. It's easy to forget that you know we used to have you know a couple of years ago we had them in the same category as teams like the Bills and uh, you know the the Chiefs as just a perennial contender and uh, I think they uh, I think they you know it's 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 still early like I said this this season's still still young but uh, the Ravens might be back they might be a uh, you know uh, in a championship window. Um, so I'm going to take the over here, Baltimore, to beat the spread. <clears throat> um, Kenny Pickett will play. Over is a good call. It'll probably be one of the only times you won't see a lot of – probably, I mean, you see T.J. Watt, but I feel like this is kind of going to be a, a pretty decent scoring game. I mean, Pittsburgh looks like a kind of home, some home run hitters on offense. Man, but, you know, it's kind of funny when we talk about Pittsburgh and their potential with George Pickens and Deontay Johnson and Friar Muth, and they got the two running backs there. You know, it's – it's got to be one of the worst offensive coordinating jobs in the in the whole the whole um, NFL because Matt Canada is bad, and if you've watched some film on him, you've heard some things about Matt Canada him drawing up the most simple plays, but pop gun offense. They make somehow big plays out of nowhere. It's um, it's sad because <laughs> there's so much more potential here, you know. And Kenny Pickett um, got hit in the knee last week. He will be ready to play. However, um, I my job is I'm on the fantasy side, so I'm just adding a little color here. But with that being said, it's going to be running all day. It's going to be a big run game on both sides, I think. So if you got like Justice Hill, you got uh, what's his what's his name, uh, Gus the Bus, you know, uh, Jalen Warren could have a kind of sneaky game here on a flex. I mean, 13, 14 points. He's been really good at the backfield last week. Told you by the way, he would be a nice PPR addition. Um, yeah, those. This is kind of going to be a little bit removed from the traditional Baltimore Pittsburgh game my opinion so moving on it's a potential nfc championship matchup hmm huh philadelphia <laughs> eagles at the los angeles rams a four-point favorite to philly over under 50 um you know it's a pretty vulnerable philadelphia defense man we've seen some things we didn't think we we're going to see this year from that defense mostly in the secondary um and then you got one of the best offensive attacks in the league potentially cooper cup could be coming back this week along with puka nakua Dude, you can't find two better pass catchers in the league right now that can catch the ball with their body and their hands and just be very reliable. And they're yeah. going against Philly. And uh, and Stafford is uh, he's not leading, but he's on the leaderboard for uh, for yards right now. And uh, yeah, I, I definitely I, I love that it's a high over under because I think this will be a very high scoring game. Um, fifty points right now. I'll tell you, I even at fifty, I feel comfortable taking the over in this one. Um, the Eagles, you know, it, we see it all the time. These these world beater defenses, you can't keep them together for very long. Um, I still think they made the right choices uh, of the choices available. They really have bought into the to the younger talent that they're still trying to develop. It's kind of raw, um, but it's still there. They still have a great defense. It's just it's not what it was last season. Um, I, uh, I I like the Eagles to win this one. Um, four point spread. This one's tough. 
because um, I do think it'll be close. <sighs> Man, uh, you know what? I'm going to take the Rams to to just by a hair. I want. I think they'll cover this spread. I think Philadelphia wins by three points or less. Um, but I'm taking the over on that 50. And uh, yeah, this is uh, this is the. Uh, not the only. This is this. Is, I, I would say there's two games that I don't want to miss this week, and this is one of them. Yeah, no question. Um, like I said, I could be a fan, uh, a playoff sort of preview. NFC Championship game was being sort of facetious. However, um, I do think that like two very competitive teams, man, that you can see in the playoffs at some point. Now, with that being said, we mentioned, or I mentioned, how the Philadelphia Eagles defense, primarily secondary, has been kind of uh, sus. And you could take these numbers as they are because this could be because they're up a lot sometimes or they've played with leads from time to time. But fifth worst in FPA, 1,200 yards allowed, nine touchdowns, two interceptions. I don't remember that number being like that last year. And I like the idea of Matt Stafford. you got Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup. All starts for me, big time. Um Matt, I, you, I asked Trevor last week. Y'all didn't hear it. Is he done? Very jittery in the pocket. I think the offensive line kind of settles, even given this defensive front that Philly's got. And um, I don't know, man. If you're betting, this could be an upset. Oh, it, it's it only a four-point favorite. It absolutely could be. You know? And, and uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely not ready to uh, close the book on Matthew Stafford. Um, yeah, there's two things that we've, we've, you know, one thing we've always known about Matthew Stafford is the absolute, like, raw ability and talent. He's one of those guys that if, if high school quarterbacks could go straight into the NFL, uh, he would have. His arm was ready at 18 to play NFL quarterback. Um, but uh, what we know now after watching his 10-year career, 10 it was longer than that, how, how many years he was with the Lions, he's Like tough. 13, 14? He's a tough yeah tough quarterback um so uh so yeah don't sleep on Matthew Stafford he's not done the Rams aren't done um I just uh I I don't think that they come away with the win this week but uh no one should be surprised if the uh, Rams do uh prevail in this shootout moving on to Sunday night man this is the game of the week no question uh we asked last week you know I didn't hear (laughs) if Dallas would be looking forward to San Francisco or vice versa Turns out both teams were just looking forward to playing each other, and they had no nothing in their way of stopping them. Dallas at San Francisco, over under 45. San Francisco a four-point favorite. Look, look, baby, if you grew up in the 90s, um, and, yeah, yeah this, this is like porn. This is this, like absolute porno right this here. Is, uh, yeah. This is one of the biggest interdivisional rivalries in existence. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, these these two teams, the history there, uh, you know, in the '90s and even even further back, uh, these teams have played some of the most historic regular and postseason matchups uh, in NFL history. So you gotta you gotta love a, a game like this on Sunday night. Uh, both teams uh, playing for a lot right now, having a good start to their seasons, three and one against four and zero. Oh. Um, this. This is this is going to be a really good one, and man, it's it's a tough one to call. Um, Vegas has given an obvious edge to the 49ers, but I I see this one as pretty even. Uh, and the over under 45, it just so I mean, right now we we've got a lot of faith in the 49ers defense, uh, the Cowboys defense 
a little shakier, but not much. I mean, they've got some good pieces in place. Uh, Parsons, uh, Parsons is one of the best on the field right now. Um, yeah, this this is going to be a really good game. I'm going to take man. I tell you what, I'm I am taking the under on this one. I think these two defenses have a day. I'm taking the under. I'm going to take the home team to win, but I think this is another close one. I'm going to take Dallas to cover that spread. I think this game is decided by three points or less. Uh, and I think the Niners, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I think the Niners and the Eagles both remain unbeaten this week. <clears throat> yeah, it's two of the two of the stingiest rushing defenses in the league, man. And because um, you can't run on, you can't be running the ball if you're down the whole time. <laughs> that's why. So that's what it is for for San Francisco. Forty forty three attempts in four games. That's all they allowed. Wow. Um, Brock Purdy five touchdowns, no interceptions. My hot take, Trevor, fantasy-wise, Brock Purdy throws a pick this week. I think it happens. Because I think Dallas, despite them not having Trayvon Diggs, is a very ball-hawking secondary. You saw Deron Bland last week. He's got two touchdowns returned for two interceptions returns for touchdowns. They still got um, Stephon Gilmore. Um, you know, they got a lot of depth on the defense. But I heard Micah Parsons a little banged up. He's still got 11 quarterback. What was it? Hurries last week against New England. Um, Trent Williams is going to have himself a handful. I think they'll move him on the right side, however. He always goes to the place where they're least likely to be able to block him. Um, so unless Trent, unless Silverback moves over to the right, he'll be playing on that side. Um, that said, Chris McCaffrey's amazing. Look out for Brandon Ayuk. I think he's kind of my flex this week as far as, like, you're looking for your ultimate flex option. Brandon Ayuk, he could be wide receiver too. And, um, you know, I just... Don't know who can really match up against C.D. Lamb in, in, for San Francisco. Um, they got to double him. They got definitely got good safeties. And Dak's going to have to get the ball out of his hands a lot. By the way, have you heard Dak Prescott's um, cadence, pre-snap cadence? Uh, no, it's not. I'm not familiar. Good Lord. Okay. First time I heard it was watching the New England game. It's Go out of your way to hear it because huh. it's bad. <laughs> it's very bad. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if San Francisco takes this game, though, because I don't think Dallas is on their level, man. No, and to, and it's it. I don't it, think they are. It's uh, not early. Almost, this, not almost early makes year, me though. cringe to say it, but uh, that that's that, that's one of the spots where I do actually give the 49ers an edge. I hate to say it, it's quarterback. Um, I uh, I've, I've I've said it a couple of times already this season. I don't have a lot of faith in Dak Prescott in big games, and this is a big game. And I think Dak Prescott he's going to put up numbers. He gonna he's going to keep this game competitive. Uh, but when the game's on the line, uh, he's gonna he's gonna miss the open guy. Maybe even he maybe even create a turnover. Um, and uh, the game, I think, will go the 49ers' way. 0-2 in his last two games against San Francisco, both in the playoffs. So, it's true. Yeah. yeah. Can't beat the big game. We'll find out. Um, Green Bay at the Vegas Raiders. It's a one-point favorite to Vegas, over under 45 and 44 and a half. I couldn't believe this line um, because of all the crap that's come out about Vegas this week between Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs and Chandler Jones. <laughs> I, I don't – and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo may not still play. I 
have no idea yeah. how there's a it, they're just very lucky that Vegas is in Vegas. Because right. <laughs> so, how does this line work for anybody? It, it doesn't just, make a lot of sense to me. You know, yeah, it doesn't come, make a lot of sense. Come Monday night, I'll be a Raider fan, absolutely, 100%. But, uh, you know, betting this line, I've got to, you know, it's another technical upset. You know, a one-point spread is might, might as well be even. Um, taking the Packers to win this one on the road, I, I, I really hope they don't. But, but I see it really, I mean, they... The the Packers, they're getting better. I, I'm seeing a lot of stuff that I like from Jordan Love. I mean, I I hate that I like it because I'm a Vikings fan. Um, but uh, the Packers are playing good football. They've, they've got a good defense. Um, even without Aaron Jones, the running game is, is – uh, it's not dead in the water. They, they've, they're able to get, you know, s- you know, second and third and short. And uh, Jordan Love – He's uh, he's developing. He's playing tough football. I, I think the Packers uh, not only upset, but I like the Packers to win this one by a touchdown. Um, the over-under, that's a little tougher because, uh, like I said, I do think the Packers' defense is pretty good. Um, the Packers, I think, you know, they're going to win, but uh, but they're going to have their struggles like they've had every week on offense. So... I like the Packers to win by a touchdown, but I'm going to take the under on the 44 and a half. Um, I think it, it stays a little low. I think the Packers, I think the Packers are going to, going to command this game for most of it, and that's why you're going to see a lot of running uh, on the Packers side and a lot of good defense from the Packers when, when Las Vegas has the ball. So, uh, so that that's my pick: Packers to win on the road, and I'm taking the under on the 44 and a half. Yeah, bad rush defense in Vegas. Um, one of the worst in FPA against running backs, and that's why you have to take Aaron Jones this week. Seven, I think he's projected for 17 points. It's it's a no brainer to me as far as I'm concerned. Uh, in addition to that, um, you have to play Jordan Love because I don't think this Vegas defense is any good at all outside of Max Crosby. Like you feel bad that he plays on that team, yeah, because he's just so immensely talented. But this is what it is. So. This is what it is. We're going to move on to the London game. We missed it somehow. I didn't even see it until now. Oh, so it's this, uh, ja- this is the Jacksonville other game. Buffalo. Yeah, this is yeah. the other game that I'm very excited to see this week. Uh, I, I think it's exciting. Um, the Bills, <clears throat> I think maybe it, this almost feels like a trap game for the Bills. They they did an excellent job last week uh, sending Miami uh, you know, back to earth after their 70-point performance the week before. Um, so hats off to them. They're, they're playing great football. They're three and one. They have a chance to take the lead uh, commandingly in this division this week. But the Jaguars, man, they uh, they've been in London all week. Uh, they're they're technically the away team, but we all know that they're not. They're the home team in London. Uh, they, they played in London last week, so they're not they're not jet lagged. And uh, I'm. I'm going with the Jags. I, I think the ja- this is a legitimate upset, not a technical upset. The you know Buffalo is favored by five and a half points, and I like the Jaguars in this game. I do. Um, the over under forty eight. I'm taking the over. I think there'll be plenty of points put up, but uh, I think this is a take notice game for the rest of the NFL. I think we're going to see uh, what really impressed us with the Jags at the end of last season. I think. 
it's a big week for Trevor Lawrence, Christian Kirk, uh, Etienne, all of them. Um, so, uh, yeah, start your Jaguars, and uh, I'm taking the Jags to win. <clears throat> a big week for everybody named Trevor. That's what I'm hearing. And um, <laughs> certainly uh, the Jaguars had their second home stadium in, in London. Um, it's tough. I mean, Buffalo isn't flying terribly far. Granted, any time you can fly across the ponds to London, that's a, that's a far flight even from New York City. But nonetheless, um, yeah, I can't, dis- I can't agree with you more, man. I think this is Jacksonville's time, and Buffalo's played excellent. Um, they've blown out three opponents three games in a row. They should take Jacksonville handedly here, but it's just they're settled. This is their this is what it is. Playing in front of a home stadium, um, and I think they're going to run the ball a lot. Um, you know, who, Tredevious White is out now. He Corey's Achilles for Buffalo. I think that's a big big blow to that secondary. And when you have three guys you get to cover, Kirk and Calvin Ridley, it's going to be tough. So yeah, I like that Jacksonville prediction. Five and a half point favorite by the way, over under forty eight and a half. So moving on. To Houston and Atlanta, one and a half point favorite to Atlanta, over under 41.5. All of a sudden, this Houston team is actually kind of fun to watch. C.J. Stroud's been top three quarterback in the NFL so far, slinging it. Nico Collins is just like risen from the dead <laughs> somehow. And um, Houston's kind of must see TV right now. No, nah, you said it. Uh, C.J. Stroud, he's, uh, he's on a tear right now. Um, Atlanta only favored by a point and a half at home. Um, you know, Jags over Bills, that's my one legitimate upset this week. This is just another technical upset. You know, if it's a less than a three-point spread, it's not really an upset in my opinion. It's, it's uh, you know, less, you know, three points or less, it's an even spread to me. Um, so I'm taking the Texans in a technical upset here. Um, the 41 and a half. Um, I feel pretty good taking the over here. I think both teams uh, have more going on offense than on defense right now. But uh, but I think Stroud is ready for this. And uh, I I like the Texans by a touchdown in this one. No, they played excellent. Um, it's like a team sprinkled in with a bunch of veterans and really good young players. And, like, it, I, I didn't see this from Houston coming. I mean, I don't think anybody thought – because it's Ohio State quarterback that C.J. Stroud be here. But here we are, and he's played really good. So a couple, a couple of nice 2-2 two and two games here on the, on the schedule on Sunday. You should definitely keep your eyes on. He'll be on red zone for sure. C.J. Stroud is still, only, still available in 50% of leagues, man. And he's literally top That's five <laughs> F- fantasy quarterback. So I don't know yeah. like what the hell people are smoking. But nonetheless, um, B.J. Robinson gets the first touchdown this week, and it's an over. I think it goes a little over here. Um, I don't know why, but uh, I'll, oh, we can expand on that later. I, I feel good about the over on this one, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Cat Bowl, my friend. The Cat Bowl is here. It's the Carolina Panthers at the Detroit Lions. Detroit 10-point favorite, over under 44. You, you get a feel for Bryce, Bryce Young. I, I mean, it's tough being a rookie in Carolina, I guess. We thought he had the right pieces, and Adam Thielen's been excellent. But you got to go play Detroit, probably the hottest team in the last – well, it's going back to last season, 18 weeks of the league. So here we are. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I'm, yeah. uh, I'm streaming the, the Detroit Lions defense this week, hoping for a big performance out of them. Uh, you know, I, I, I was tempting to, to see this as a bit of an overlooked matchup 
by the Lions, but I just don't think that's Dan Campbell's style. I think he's going to have this team ready to play hard and play at their best. Um, that being said, the 10-point spread is still tough for me. Um, going against the Panthers right now, yeah, the I, I, I do like the Lions to win, but they, they do it. Man, watching the Lions this season, it's 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 only intermittently flashy. It, it, what it really is is just really hard nosed, consistent, you know, you know, drop the hammer type of football. Uh, and I think that's what we'll see this week from the Lions. So I'm going to take the Panthers to cover, and I'm taking the under um, because I don't think. Th- well, hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking the under. I don't think the Panthers put up big points on this one. Um, that ten point, the ten point spread is tough. The Lions could win by fourteen, and we could still see the under on forty four. Um, but yeah, I'm, ta- I'm definitely taking the Lions to win. I'm taking the under. Whether or not the Panthers can cover that ten point spread is really tough. That that's a tough one to predict. It's a Jameer Gibbs game, man. He's got to break out. They got to get him going. I think if fantasy wise, if you're looking at a Jameer Gibbs game, hoping like I have been all year, <laughs> um, that he's going to break out eventually. This is it. This is Jameer Gibbs game, in my opinion. Moving on to the New York Giants at the Miami Dolphins, twelve point favorite to Miami, over under forty seven and a half. Uh, we've talked about some pretty anemic offenses, and I don't think we've seen anything more anemic uh, outside of New England than the New York Giants and. Daniel Jones and that offensive line and the offensive line's coming out. Some of the players on the offensive line coming out and calling people uh, hamburger flippers and hot dog eaters. and It's pretty ugly in New York. Um, I, I think this could get their offensive line offense a little right because of Miami's defense woes at times, but you can't. You know, it's just a track meet anytime you go against Miami at home. So Absolutely. Especially uh, in October. Yeah, I think, uh, I think the Dolphins... Uh, are going to get right. They're gonna, they, you know, they've got the first loss out of the way. It might might even be a blessing in disguise. Um, but uh, yeah, so this one, twelve point spread. I I think this is our biggest spread of the week, or at least our biggest spread so far. Um, I'm taking the Dolphins to beat the spread. I think the Dolphins win by fourteen points, um, maybe more. Um, yeah, the over under forty seven and a half. I'm taking the over, um, because the Dolphins are the Dolphins on offense, and because the Dolphins are the Dolphins on defense, I'm taking the over. Um, but I do like them to win by fourteen or more points. So there you have it. Miami covers the spread, wins, and I'm taking the over. Okay, moving on. We're going to go to the Cincinnati Bengals at the Arizona Cardinals. Three point favorites there. Cincinnati over under forty four and a half, buddy. It is, well, um, it's an interesting game for me because Arizona, as I mentioned, has been very competitive. Josh Dobbs has actually been one of the better quarterbacks in the league somehow, um, and they play good defense at Cincinnati. I've heard questions about whether they should shut Joe Burrow down for the season. Um, T. Higgins broke his ribs. I, you know, it's a hard game to predict. No, it, it really is, and it, this is one of those strange ones that going into the season, you wouldn't think this would even be uh, a tough one or, or, or one worth watching. You, you think, oh, my gosh, the Bengals are going to just make mincemeat of the Cardinals, but here we are. Both teams are 1-3. and three. Uh, The Cardinals with a win over the Cowboys. Uh, the Bengals really struggling. Um, yeah, they, they, they got that one win by, by having one uh, good 
uh, week on defense. And uh, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. Uh, man, I I hate to say it uh, because I, I, I really had jumped on the, the Joe Burrow Bengals bandwagon. Uh, not ashamed to say it. I, I, I was getting excited about them being uh, you know, a, a team that could get, get it done in the AFC. I'm just not seeing it this year. And the Cardinals, I do like uh, some of what I'm seeing, especially on offense. I'm taking another upset here. I like the Cardinals to win this one. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I think the Cardinals win this one at home. I think this is not the year for – I don't think Joe Burrow and the Bengals are done. But uh, I think uh, I think they're going to have a mountain – uh, to climb if they want to get back into this season because I, I don't think that they win this one on the road this week. It just uh, It's not feeling like a Bengals win to me. Uh, so I'm taking the Cardinals to upset at home. The 44-and-a-half over-under, I am going to take the over here. Um, yeah, n- neither team playing absolutely great on defense. There's just not a lot to, uh, to point at for either squad. Um, yeah, I like uh, Cardinals to upset, taking the over. Okay, New York Jets at the Denver Broncos, two and a half point favorite Denver, over under forty three and a half. Two teams that are actually kind of in similar positions in a lot of ways. You got under underachieving veteran players. You got some guys who have just balled out somehow that you, we didn't expect this early. Marvin Mims Jr. on Denver uh, in New York. You know you have Garrett. Well, of course we knew Garrett Wilson would, but Zach Wilson, man, out of nowhere. Um, and uh, a couple of players of defense that have just sort of like came up out of the, the depths here. And, what you know, it was a basically a Taylor Swift away from being 2-2 two and two here, New York Jets. Ah. Taylor Swift wasn't at that game. <clears throat> I think you could say that the refs would probably call it pretty fair. But it's not how it works. And instead they go 1-3 and three at Denver. Um, it's a 43-and-a-half, man, 2.5-point favorite at Denver. That seems – it's just two bad offenses. <laughs> I mean – Maybe maybe Zach Wilson be better. I I don't know, but we're no, we're looking and, at yeah two is, bad offenses objectively. It is, and and I mean these two teams, you know the way uh, the way we had the you know week one, you know in the in the you know beginning moments of the Jet season losing Aaron Rodgers, uh, the Broncos. Uh, had a really disappointing season last year with with Russell Wilson coming in. They thought they'd get right with uh, Sean Payton. It has not been that way. Um, These these are two of the most frustrated fan bases in football right now. Um, Not not that uh, teams like the Giants can't get them a run for their money when it comes to their frustrations, but, but, man, these teams... It is, just did not think this game would be where it is. Uh, this, yeah, this, man, I, I'm going to do it again. I'm taking another on the road upset. I, I do like the Jets to win this one on the road. Um, the, the Broncos, uh, they needed you know second half magic. They had to come back on a really terrible Bears team uh, to get that win. Uh, the Jets. You know, a lot of a lot of people. I didn't get to watch the whole thing, but I've seen some clips. I've seen some highlights. That feels like the Jets really did get a little bit robbed last week uh, by the refs. Um, that might be a little harsh, but uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I think Zach Wilson 
I think, uh, yeah, I think Zach is the Wilson I'm going with this week uh, between the two of them. So uh, taking the Jets to another technical upset, very close spread. Uh, taking the Jets to win and the, man, the over-under, 43-and-a-half. I, I, I am going to take the over here. Um, I don't, I'm, yeah, I'm going to take the over, uh, but Jets to upset. Sorry, Broncos fans. <laughs> Who's Wilson isn't anyway, right? <laughs> anyway, well, that last game, and surely not least, the Kansas City Chiefs at the Minnesota Vikings. Two, three and a half point favorite Kansas City, over under 40, 52 and a half. A good road team for Kansas City. I, he just, I, you know, do they got a suite for, for Taylor? Do you know if they got the right suite for Taylor? Make sure it faces the field. I mean, make sure make sure their hard cam is right on her the whole time. Yeah, because I, we got to know uh, what she's doing every other play. I want to know what uh, I want to know what so. Taylor Swift thinks of U.S. Bank Stadium. Is it the nicest one in the league? Uh, I think it was voted nicest last year, um, or or ranked or whatever it was. But um, yeah, let's make this quick and painless. Uh, Chiefs are going to win. Um, Heartbreaking fashion. I think the Chiefs win by three points. So I'm going to take the Vikings to cover the spread there. Um, over under 52. I do like the over here. I do. Um, I, I know the Vikings uh, got their win last last week with their worst offensive performance of the season. I think they bounce back at home. But at the end of the day, uh, I think Mahomes and company uh, leave U.S. Bank Stadium with a win. So there you go. For the love of God, can we get Taylor on the shot? I mean, we, we just don't get her on camera enough. I, I'm not asking for much here. We're, not, we're definitely not overblowing any significant relationship, and that certainly has no implications on the NFL's bottom line or anything. <laughs> but it's, it's uh, you know, <laughs> you know, it could be a shootout. Three and a half point favorite Kansas City. Wow. You know, you wonder how, how often that line's been like that, facing a one and three team in the past for Kansas City. Their defense is a little vulnerable, man. And that's that's why that's why I, that's why I against know, Minnesota. If there's one thing I feel confident in, it's the over here. I think uh, I think yeah. easily both teams can reach 30 points on the scoreboard. Um, but man, the the Vikings to, to yeah, it would uh, it'd be something really special if the Vikings could hold out at home and win. Uh, unfortunately, I just don't think that the uh, the defense for Minnesota is complete enough. To uh, to stop somebody like Patrick Mahomes, um, he's got emerging weapons. He's got Travis Kelsey. Um, I think uh, I think you see a big day for Pacheco. Um, and yeah, I just uh, not a lot of faith in the Vikings' run game right now. Uh, I do think Kirk Cousins and T.J. Hawkinson and Justin Jefferson and Addison—they're all going to get theirs. I think it's good. It's good fantasy week for Vikings offense, but uh, I can't predict the win. Just can't do it. Yeah, likewise. Um, it, it could be a sneaky game, though. Nice sneaky game in the schedule for some good points. Nice red zone. You know, get it on your local channel. Could be a nice red red zone. You know, feature uh, for sure. And uh, with that being said, we wish we were on red zone more often. I'm a big fan of Scott Stanford, whoever his name is. Is it Scott Pete Stanford? Scott Stanford? Do you know his name? I don't know his name. The red zone guy. You know? Oh. All I know is that uh, the oh. Octobox is, has to be the most ADD-friendly thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. You know? 
If they throw the octo box up on red zone, you might as well just call it a day for me. <laughs> I don't need to see anything else. I'll just go to bed right there, you know. So um, incredible. We wish we were the red zone, but nonetheless, we're still working on uh, negotiating bragging rights over here at football in general. Um, DirecTV is pretty stiff these days. Actually, YouTube TV. I don't know. Zuckerberg? Who, who, is, who owns that? I don't know. But nonetheless, uh, I can tell you one thing, Trevor. We uh, will be back with more theoretical red zone coverage next week. Do you have anything to say to the fans, the folks? Uh, just the that uh, it, it is, uh, you know, the more I look at it, the more I do ex- get excited for this, this slate of games. Definitely uh, excited for the Jags, Bills, uh, you know, Eagles, uh, Rams, and especially, you know, Cowboys 49ers Sunday night. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I just think it's another uh, good week of football, and I uh, can't wait to discuss the fallout next week. Without question, until next week, and uh, rest in peace, Dick Budkiss. Oh, yes, thank Sad you. Sad day for, we lost a, thank, an NFL yes. legend. Um, uh, they hate to hate end like that, but that's, uh, you know, it's tough. So Yeah, he's uh, uh, eight, he, 81 years is, old. Yeah. There is no other way to say it. He's a legend. Uh, he's a he's an all-time first-teamer. Um, there, there really should be a special place in the Hall of Fame for guys like him, you know, the elite of the elite, uh, you know, legends of a legendary sport. You, you just you can't overhype what he meant to the NFL in his day and even today. So, yeah, R.I.P. Dick be- Buckus. Would be uh, no modern day middle line, middle linebacker position without him. So you can effectively Absolutely. say that and confidently. No guys like Ray Lewis would have played. Derek Brooks, you know, Mike Singletary probably uh, a variety of other guys probably wouldn't have the same impact if it wasn't without Dick Buckus sort of creating that position for them. So R.I.P. Uh, big legend. Make sure you watch NFL Network for a lot of things you can see on him. Yeah, I'm sure they have documentaries in NFL Life. So. Until then, we'll uh, still cover the NFL because we'd be here. We'd be here. Eight hours of commercial-free football. No, I wish. That'll be my, that'll, that's my job, man. That's, that's what I'm hoping for one of these days, you know? <laughs> Give me a chance in the red zone. Give me a chance. So <laughs> and, until then, we're out.